0: So content is very powerful, and it can drive a lot of other things. DigitalMarketingRadio.com
1: Would you like to start your own show? I'm thinking of developing an online video course teaching how to set up, produce, and market your own show. If that might be of interest, dear listener, I would really appreciate if you'd take two minutes of your time to complete the questionnaire at StartYourOwnShow.com That's StartYourOwnShow.com the big interview with David Bain. Why is content marketing a powerful marketing strategy? How do content, social media, and SEO fit together? And what are the biggest mistakes companies make related to content marketing? Those are just 3 of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Tom Trainer. Tom, welcome to DMR.
0: Glad to be here, David. Thank you.
1: Yo, thanks for um, coming on. Well, Tom is the Director of Content Marketing and Social Media for Rike, a leading project management and collaboration SaaS company headquartered in Mountain View, California. So, Tom, how would you describe content marketing?
0: So, content marketing is um, when companies create content that is designed to uh, educate engage uh, or entertain their target audience and that draws them closer to the brand um, actually draws them in from social media or other places that gets people to share that content and through that content people come and learn more about the company and uh, will you know turn into um, prospects for that company in some cases so it's it's a way to draw your target audience to your company without hitting them them over the head with banners and promotions and things like that. It's actually you're providing value to them. And so it's a win-win from the audience's perspective and from your company's perspective.
1: Okay. So does that mean that content marketing never involves um, directly trying to sell to someone?
0: Uh, Content marketing can involve directly selling to someone, but it's actually done better when it's not uh, directly trying to sell to someone. First, you want to gain their awareness of your company through the content so they will learn about you because oh you you wrote something that really helps them get something done in their work or in their life and they go oh that's very valuable piece of content maybe i'll share it with someone and i'll I'll read it and, and take those tips and then they can always choose to learn more you might have some calls to action in that content that says oh if you want to learn how you can use our SaaS tool to achieve that better. You know, feel free to uh, you know, sign up for a trial or to watch this webinar. So you can actually draw them to the next step very um, proactively. But generally speaking, you're not trying to sell to them as much right up front. You're trying to engage them and, and gain their trust and, uh, and awareness.
1: Okay, and in terms of the location of that content, um should it ideally be on the business's own website, or um as it's fairly early on in the funnel in the communication with the customer, is it quite um um okay for that content to be on another site, maybe another um I'm trying to think perhaps even just a social network or <laughs> a, a YouTube or something like that, or is it better off being on your own site?
0: Yeah, let me address a couple things. So one is that the content can be through all stages of the funnel. So in other words, it can be content that's uh, geared towards getting awareness. So it's kind of more general or or has a broad appeal. And then it can actually, you can create content that gets um, that is more deep, uh, that might relate more to your product or, or deeper into the process for that, for that um, potential buyer and then it can actually be content that, that bridges the gap between general content and actually how your uh, product or service um, can help meet the needs. So the content can be at all stages of the, uh, of the funnel. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I would recommend some things. So one is that you do have um, some portion of the content on your own website or blog. Which is basically your home base, and, but you can also have content. Uh, you can do guest posts for other websites, where you write an a educational article for uh, a, a site in your industry that is, um, you know, kind of a general aggregator of content, or maybe it's. Uh, Uh, some sort of association that you can write a guest post for it could be for a partner's website and then oftentimes you might have a call to action or a link to your website to to draw people back to your your blog or website as well as distribution via social media is a great way to share the content that you're creating
1: and when you've got um, someone that's perhaps subscribed to your updates perhaps just a little bit further down the funnel at that stage, then should you try and retain that person on your own site, or is it still quite appropriate if necessary to give people a link to facebook or or YouTube or another site then D- does it make a difference is it Is it more likely that they may actually find a way out from your business to a competitor if you do that
0: so you uh, generally speaking, let's say they're subscribed to your updates um, either email or to just your blogged update updates. Uh, you know oftentimes you will want to draw them closer to your company um, potentially share some other content share some deeper content like m- uh, maybe they subscribe by looking at your blog posts and then you can let them know that there's a webinar if they want to learn in a different way or potentially your podcast so generally you, you'll want to keep uh, you know moving them down the funnel so to speak um, but on occasion you also want to cross promote your different um, platforms so you might have someone in your email list you may uh, have them go onto your Facebook or like your Facebook page so that you can grow that channel as well. You may invite them to follow you on Twitter so that they're seeing updates not only from email but also from Twitter. So it's not a problem to, um, to expose people to other, other channels. And, you know, uh, people will always be searching around in in that buyer's journey, looking at other sites and exploring. So I don't think there's as much risk of you being the one that (laughs) exposed them to a competitor.
1: Okay. And um, what about content marketing in general um, as a marketing medium? Because um, you've got loads of options as a business to actually um, perhaps... Go for affiliate marketing, display advertising, pay-per-click marketing, um, lots of different types of marketing activities. Um, why do you think content marketing um, is an activity that um, should be prominent in the minds of most business owners?
0: So content is very powerful and it can drive a lot of other things. Um, so it can drive your search engine optimization because the more content create you create and the better you optimize it, the more you also... Um, get the search engines uh, aware of you and, and be able to be found in the search engines for the terms you care about. Uh, it also spurs the social media engagement because you actually have something to share and to say in social media in addition to other engagement you should be doing, like sharing other people's great content. Um, but so that's, so content is very powerful because it does things like that. And it also, um, the content can be used in conjunction with other other tactics like social advertising, pay per click. You can have people come and and land on your content, you know, your webinar or your blog for different types of marketing. So it's not that you want to only exclusively do the content, but companies, uh, certain companies are more and more shifting to the mix to spend more time with content and social and search uh, versus um, pay per click and other other methods of marketing. So. One of the disadvantages, you know, pay-per-click is very good if you want people today and you say, I want people today for this keyword, for example, in the search engines. You pay and they see your link and they, they come to your site. But the problem is once you turn off the spigot uh, for the for the money for pay-per-click, there's not much residual value from that.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and, and what about um, measuring the actual value of content marketing? Because obviously content marketing is um, at the early part of the marketing funnel. And um, certainly using a tool like Google Analytics it make, makes it quite challenging to determine that a piece of content has definitely brought in a certain amount of value because perhaps uh, a, generic, a generic keyword search on Google has driven the user to a piece of content and then perhaps the user has gone off the site and come back again and perhaps even come back on through a, a paid brand ad before making a purchase then um and unless the, the business participates in something like lead nurturing um and um trying to capture that um name and email address it, it's it's quite challenging sometimes to um determine the true value of the content how how do you um get over that particular obstacle
0: so yeah the the determining the exact value of the content can be tricky um the way that we do it here at Rike is we actually measure uh, the first touch attribution, so the first time someone comes to our site via content is attributed to that content um, and same with social media and, and pay-per-click ads. So we can kind of start to divide where the first awareness came from. Um, so that's done through our Google Analytics and through some, some tracking codes that we have on our website. Um, but the the fact is you will never really... well. I won't say never, but it's it is tricky to completely measure the value of content. So you you kind of have to use those as indicators, um, because there's a lot of there are a lot of aspects of content that will never fully be captured. And one of those is um, you know multi-touch. So someone may come through pay-per-click ads and subscribe to your blog, and then look at ten blog posts, and then watch a webinar, and then finally decide that they're going to do a trial. So it's really hard to divide up the Uh, the value of the different pieces of content but you do generally know that the content did a great job of bringing that person in Um, so yeah there are definitely some challenges to attributing exact value but let me go through some things that are um, that content can provide that are that are probably really hard to track um, but that that are uh, you can be aware of And one is um, branding so the content that gets out there and spreads provides uh, you know your brand and and spreads your brand uh, out into through the social networks as well as onto other sites. and you may not get a direct um, lead from that and so you may never track that, but that someone might do word of mouth referral to someone else who then comes in and buys you may have people calling in via the phone which which you'll in most cases won't be tracking back to an exact piece of content. so there's there are a lot of ways that content creates value, but you can't really necessarily capture it all
1: it's it's a challenging one because um um content online can be measured obviously generally better than content offline um but um businesses are still probably more comfortable now in spending probably hundreds of thousands of dollars um on press advertising or TV advertising, which is traditionally very tricky to measure. So I guess it's a mindset thing. And uh, hopefully over the next couple of years, um, senior players and businesses will get more comfortable with um, investing significantly in content online. That's right. Um, And what about um, the challenges, um, say, with content marketing? What what would you say uh, are a few of the biggest mistakes that companies are making now?
0: Uh, some of the biggest mistakes are not properly uh, setting up their, um, their platform for content marketing. So, as I mentioned earlier, you want to basically have a home base for your content and that's usually your website and a blog. And having that set up so that you have all the basics in place, um, you properly describe your company, you optimize those web pages for search. You have uh, you know your pricing and your products and solutions all you know have pages and they're optimized for search. and then you have a blog, which should not be an afterthought and some project for an intern, but actually a blog is a very powerful tool these days because that's where all of the fresh content comes from and that's usually you know educational or entertaining, and that draws people back to your website. So setting up that platform with um, with all the things I described, plus a content management system for your blog so that actually the people who are writing can actually put the content in there without having to have a developer code the content each time. You want it to be something that they can do um, themselves and as quickly as possible because you want your content to be relevant. Mm. So that's one. And then the second is not being consistent about content marketing. So uh, first of all, any company that just starts content marketing probably has to get through about <laughs> ten, let's say, ten really bad posts before they finally start to get their groove. And uh, so, yeah, either an individual or a company, usually, um, unless they bring in a professional, will probably not do that great for the in, in the beginning until they start to to learn uh, what writing works. They start to learn from others about what kind of topics work well. Um, how to structure their content, You know what starts to share well on social media. So you have to get through that and then you have to be consistent to some sort of schedule. And I, I wouldn't dictate necessarily an absolute schedule, but we write five times a week. Uh, we post five times a week to our blog. Um, some people might post twice a week. Some people might post once a week or once every two weeks, but once you set that schedule, You have to prioritize it. You can't say, well, we'll do it only if we have time. You actually need to go and do it and be consistent. And that's where you will see the results in terms of leads, in terms of traffic, in terms of search engine uh, rankings. So you need to be consistent.
1: And are you of the belief that um, blog posts nowadays need to be fairly lengthy, quite meaty, um, contain a lot of unique brilliant information really um or is there still a post for a blog post which is only probably two two or three hundred words long Hmm.
0: interesting so i i i take the magazine analogy um i personally like variety i personally like to provide variety and that means in terms of format topics lengths um styles of writing um so i would say that uh you know i I think a lot of people gravitate to a, to a certain style that fits them, but I think that one of the things you want to do is have um, some variety there, not always write a certain length. Um, there is some value to having long posts because usually that means that they're in-depth and they really teach something meaty, But occasionally, you want to have some short posts. Occasionally, you might want to have posts with just pictures. You may want to have an embedded video and um, some text describing that video, uh, which helps with the search engines as well. So, I would definitely say mix it up, um, look for posts that provide a lot of value. Uh, That should be one of the first um, things that you think about, is not necessarily, oh, I'm going to shoot for a 600 word post or an 800 word post, but it should be. What would be the right length to create a post that would provide a really good um, bit of content on a particular topic that our audience really cares about?
1: Okay, so it's really important still for the majority of businesses to have a blog as well as a website, and and have that blog on their own domain. Um, I'd imagine as well. But how right. do you, how do you actually measure uh, the success of a blog? Is it by um, the the amount of people who eventually become leads and and customers, or is it more just simply visits to a blog post, perhaps rankings in a search engine, or or maybe something as simple as social shares.
0: So ultimately, uh, the way that, um, that I measure it is by leads, but I look at all those other things as contributing factors and things that I monitor on a regular basis. So traffic from search engines, um, so for example, new visitors from the search engines to our blog, um, new visitors from social media to our blog, um, Referral traffic from other websites, so people clicking on links from other websites that list our website or blog, those kind of things. Uh, social media shares is definitely a quick indicator of uh, whether blog posts are popular or not, and um, and then eventually trickling down to to leads because you can have very very popular blog posts that get no leads. Um, so if you write on some very hot topic, uh, you know, related to society, but it really has nothing to do with your business. You may get a lot of traffic, but very few leads. So you definitely want to balance uh, those other metrics with with are, are they really uh, potential customers coming there.
1: And do you think it's important for the majority of blogs still to have comments enabled on them? Um, should it be um, a, a default comment system um, in a CMS like WordPress? Should it be uh, another comment system like Discus, for example, or um, should you just um, switch off comments and just focus on social?
0: (laughs) You know, to be honest, I would say it depends. Um, (laughs) I don't think in that one there's a a right answer. Um, Some blogs or websites that have a lot of discussion um, and that really encourage that, you know, you definitely want a commenting system in that case. So, and you may want to drive more traffic in Facebook, so if, if it's kind of more consumer-oriented, maybe use Facebook comments. Uh, you you could use uh, Discus or Discuss, uh, depending on how you pronounce it, <laughs> as another option. Um, you can use WordPress comments. I, like I said, I don't have a strong opinion on that one. I would say that in some cases, uh, there are companies that, that probably should just turn it off, because if they're not going to respond to their comments, um, or if their comments will just create a lot of controversy, um, then in in that case, uh, I I think it's perfectly fine to turn it off. So I don't think there's a a certain rule for that.
1: And finally, in relation to content marketing, can all companies use content marketing? Or is there ever a situation where it's just not right for a certain type of business?
0: You know, I'd say um, really high priced solutions and, and, that are you know negotiated at at a very high level. In other words, like a nuclear power plant builder <laughs> would probably know the the people they need to talk to and really don't need to use content marketing in any way. Um, a mining company would not really need to use content marketing. Um, so there's certain companies that just it's just not a fit for. But I'd say the majority of companies can use content marketing and can be creative about content marketing. Uh, There's a solder paste company that does great content marketing. Uh, There are, you know, a yoga studio can do content marketing. Uh, B2B software companies can absolutely do content marketing. Uh, you know, life sciences and biotech companies can do content marketing. And even though you talk to the leadership of those companies and sometimes they go, I just don't get it. Why would we do this? You look at their competitors and they're out there and LinkedIn and other places doing great content marketing and you can see that there will be kind of the haves and the have nots of content marketing and and the ones that get it, I think will be way ahead of the game because they'll have more search traffic, they'll have more people aware of their companies and have just have a broader visibility online.
1: Okay, so generally, the companies that aren't doing content marketing at the moment are probably the ones that just don't get it. Yeah,
0: in most (laughs) cases, they just don't get it, haven't prioritized it. you know, there, there are certain industries where it's tough because of regulations, like financial services. But there are still, uh, there are still companies out there doing it in financial services. There are still comp- like lawyers, legal firms doing it. So there are ways to be creative to do content marketing in almost any industry.
1: Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with. Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
0: (laughs) Okay, I have several and kind of by category. So one is analytics. You have to know what kind of thing, what traffic uh, and other trends are happening related to your content. So we, we do use Google Analytics for that, but there are other packages as well. Um, another piece, uh, another tool is a keyword tool for understanding what keywords people use to search for th- things in your industry. So we use um, the Google AdWords keyword tool is something you can use for that. For search engine optimization, one of the good tools we use is SEMrush, mm. which is has great competitive S- uh, SEO intelligence. For social media marketing, uh, use Hootsuite and Buffer. Uh, You need a content management system to be able to post your content quickly and easily and to be more optimized for search and social, and I would say WordPress or Joomla are are a couple of options there. And then for collaboration and to be less dependent on email, I use Rike. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that had to be part of the recommendations, and that's uh that's well unfair and uh, um understood as well because that was um also recommended by um David Watley from my shop Loco in episode seventy five of Digital Marketing Radio. But um, that's some great um recommendations you've shared there, so thanks for that. But a slightly more challenging question: What software don't you use, but um you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try at some point in the near future?
0: So in this area, um, I'm kind of in the category I've heard about and and want to use, or just dipping the toes in and testing, I would say that um, BuzzSumo is a good one. And that's about content popularity in social media, and it also has things like alerts to backlinks from you or your competitors. It has a lot of other features, so that's a a great one that I'm, I'm currently testing. Uh, Sprout Social is one that I'm testing for kind of an all-in-one social media tool. Uh, also Atomic Reach for content quality and kind of gauging the level of content against your target audience. And then Influencer Outreach tools uh, like Group High and Tracker are a couple that I've looked at or I'm looking at. There's also some others like Little Bird and Follower Wonk, but that's a, that's an area I haven't... Uh, dove deep into yet
1: wow <laughs> that's a lot of great tools there that' um, you uh, recommend or, or intend to try at some point so I'll include links to all of those within the uh, show notes um, of this episode
0: well you know I, I think there's uh, there are so many tools and so little time so you definitely have to be picky uh, that's why it's uh, you know I look at them but then slowly start to try them out and see if they work for me
1: it's um it's interesting and it's also interesting to see um, the repetition in um, uh, the people that I talk to in digital marketing radio. And if, um, obviously, five different people recommend the same tool, then it's certainly something to check out then. Absolutely. Uh, But moving on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
0: Well, this will hit a different audience. This will be the ones who are, are... kind of thinking about starting a company or just you know kind of laying their foundation. I mean, one thing to think about um, that is something that will last with you through the life of your company is how you select a domain name and how you select your social media handles and how quickly you do that. Um, because you you may end up changing these later, and that's really painful. And you may pick the wrong ones, and then you'll regret it oftentimes. And so, it's picking a, a good domain name and maybe paying for it, and then also finding one that where the handles aren't all taken, um, you know, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, other places like that. And you know, you want something that's podcast or radio friendly for these, uh, you know, the domain name and the handles, not too long, and that really uh, communicates what your company does now as well as in the future when you expand into other areas that are related.
1: Mm. So I, I take it, um, obviously, at Reich, you, you've selected a name there that's uh, short, that's snappy, um, uh, that's memorable as well. Um, but also, it didn't pre-exist as a as a keyword phrase. So I take it you'd also suggest for a business to actually go for a, a word which isn't necessarily commonplace, but something that um, they can make their own.
0: Right. Yeah, you, that's a good point. So when you when you choose a word that's very commonplace. It is hard to be seen in search because so many people are searching for that same term, but it's not has nothing to do with your company, so you get buried in a lot of other search results. So yes, definitely picking something unique and owning your own name and something short and uh, easy, easy easy to pronounce. Now, obviously, I didn't pick Reich. I came into the company after it was already there. There are some great things about it. There are some not so great things about it. So, and same with my own uh, company that was I was in before Reich, uh, where I actually changed. Uh, Sites and domain names a couple or three times, which so I've I've lived this. Uh, this is coming from experience.
1: Mm, it's 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 a challenge doing that certainly, and um um even just thinking about SEO, um all the redirects, all all the existing rankings that you have, and and could potentially lose it overnight if you change your domain name.
0: Right. Right. And and the second thing is, you know, just, and we already talked about it in in Link, but I would say kind of focusing on the great content and being consistent is the other thing that I think um, I, I eventually did, but I didn't get it at first. So it took some time. And then once I started to see more results, then I started to say, oh, okay, this is really working. Let me keep going
1: the this or that round okay so this is the quick response round 10 quick questions try not to think about the answer too much i'm just looking for your gut reaction here so ready to go yep email or twitter twitter audio or video video affiliates or display advertising affiliates facebook or google plus facebook online press releases or one-on-one relations
0: One-on-one relations.
1: Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number?
0: Email contact form.
1: Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber?
0: Email subscriber.
1: And local marketing or global marketing?
0: Global marketing.
1: The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
0: <laughs> so I'm making some assumptions here, but let's say we need to get this company off the ground and moving quickly. Uh, I, I might do something different. Um, I might spend it on five or more infographics. Hmm. So hiring someone who could research and write and produce uh, infographics would be a great way to take a company that is producing, you know, some so-so content and, and kind of has everything in place, but really uh, wants to get some visibility and to stand out in the industry. So I think that's what I'd do.
1: And, um in terms of um, what you do with the infographics, um, do you generally publish them on on lots of different sites or would you actually just publish um, them on your own site and have the embed code and try and do some blogger outreach to encourage bloggers to actually um, host it on their site but obviously link back to your site at the same time?
0: Yeah, I do a bit of both. So I'd have the infographic on our site with the embed code I would do some outreach uh, to people in the industry as well as sharing social media. And then there are also uh, sites that ha- that host infographics where you can post them. So I would post to several of those as well.
1: Okay. And, and would you actually um, also have the infographic published in written form and maybe expanded a little bit to actually make it a big expansive blog post at the same time as well?
0: Yes, uh, so you can I would definitely take the infographic, some of the key content and and write a post as well, a separate post and then in some cases maybe convert some of the pieces into a slideshare so it will be a slide presentation on slideshare.net
1: My number one takeaway Well Tom, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses?
0: So it's Part one is you need to set up your home base um, for both search and social, which is this would be your website and blog. And number two is you need to populate that website and blog with great, relevant content for your audience.
1: Great. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thanks so much for your time, your focus and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do?
0: So, David, they can find me at uh, reich.com forward slash blog, where we write uh, all of our content, or they can follow me on Twitter, which is, you know, here's the Twitter handle that's hard to describe, but it's marketing R-T-M-I-X-M-K-T-G.
1: Excellent. Well, I'll I'll link to that in the show notes as well. And, of course, it's um, reich, W-R-I-K-E as well. That's right. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks again, Tom. Thank you, David.
0: Digital Marketing radio? Digital Marketing radio?
1: Did you radio? That's yeah.